0: Walking down this dusty road Still a hundred miles to go But everything's gonna be alright If I keep walking through the night And now it feels like coming home And you're the one I've always known To bring me back
1: Hi everybody, here we are, back at the Ancient Pathways
2: (laughs) Hey there, good to be back everybody
1: (laughs) Good to be here Donna, how are you today? Yes,
2: I'm good, I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to share And
1: what you've got to share, Mm. I am as well Today this is episode 6, which has been long anticipated Yes Probably by us more so than everyone else I'm sure (laughs) <laughs> it's been a long, hard journey to get to this one, <laughs> yes. but it's um, been a good journey, and it's been a learning,
2: mm. a lot of
1: learning in the meantime. Okay. yeah,
2: more learning, more learning. So good. <laughs> but
1: uh, today, our subject matter: mm. the servant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then we know who that servant is. It's yes. the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And his service to the Father mm-hmm. and his service through the Church. Yeah. So we're looking at those two aspects today. Yeah, beautiful. I suppose the whole subject is clothed in some confusion, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the church, and also there's the aspect of clarity that comes, particularly when we know that things are from God Mm -hmm. and there is an act of service that's performed out of the Spirit of God. The confusion has probably come in where exactly does our role uh, start and where does it finish or where mm-hmm. does it finish or where does it start sure uh, either way yeah but i suppose from the active service through christ being the, the master how do you see that Donna, being played out how do you see his involvement?
2: Him as the servant or as, as the master?
1: As the servant or as the master <laughs> servant, if you want to put it that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah,
2: that's that's true. <clears throat> yes, because he's both, isn't he? Mm. Um, so how do I see him as the servant? Yeah. Well, one thing in creation that I think is a really beautiful reflection of that, and mm. we've talked about this, you know, a little bit before, is the mm. the shadow and type that is seen in the relationship between the moon and the sun.
1: Yes, that's right.
2: Um, I remember years ago, and I think I even blogged about it, I had a, a real sighting of the moon and the sun being representative of Christ as the sun and the church as the moon. That's right, um, yeah, I remember that. But of course, there's much higher than that, isn't there? There's the father and the son. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. looking at the moon and the way that it is with the sun is that the moon is nothing of itself and jesus said i can do nothing of myself and i can only do what the father's you know doing and say what he's saying so Mm. the moon when you look at the moon there's just a ball of dust there's absolutely nothing yeah which is really weird and bizarre isn't it that there's this planet out there that actually God has enabled us to access mm. to discover that there's nothing. It's yeah. nothing at all.
0: That's there's right. no
2: beauty in itself, mm. no life in itself. And to me, that's just a reflection of Christ in His humility
1: mm. and in His humanity. I suppose. He's, Is it Isaiah it says
2: nothing about Him that made Him attractive? Is that's that right? What? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's really amazing that God has created this thing to sit in the sky for us to discover Christ in Mm. in this way and of course we know that the moon reflects the light of the sun so we're not able to look at the sun for very long just Mm. a blink you know and so the light of the sun is made available for us to look at with our physical eyes by looking at the moon Mm. and so yes there's the church being enabling the world to see Christ the sun Yes. But there's Christ enabling us to see the Father.
1: Yeah, that's it. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's amazing.
2: So I just saw the servant aspect in that, in the way that Christ serves us up, the Father. Yeah. And looking through Scripture, it's kind of rare in the New Testament where you see where Christ is mentioned without also a mention of the Father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, in his own words, saying, you know, I came to do the will of my mm, Father. Yeah. Everything he did, if we sat here now and went through all the scriptures, yeah. we would discover afresh that everything Jesus did, he mm, did for his Father. That's right. By the life of his Father. Yes. On behalf of his Father.
1: Yeah, I did not come to do the will of my will, but he, the will of him has sent me.
2: Exactly. Yeah. In And in every single way. Yes. In every way. And his humility... Just looking back at the moon again, with mm. just being dust. Yeah. Um, I'll just read this scripture in Philippians two, verse five to eleven. It says, "Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing." And the key point there to me is he made himself nothing. Yeah. To me, that's, that's right. That's, yeah, that's the cool. servant heart. Um, because we spoke about this last time, he does have his own will. He has yeah, a will. Yes. But he made himself nothing. So it's not like God the Father that's, made Jesus nothing.
1: Yes, that's it. That's Isn't good. that precious? Yeah, that's right.
2: So he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a bond servant. Mm. Yep, so there's there's Jesus being described in that very way, a bond, mm, servant, bond servant, exactly. To his Father, to God, um, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, therefore, and I love that bit too. Mm. In other words, now because of all of that, (laughs) God has exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah, amen. So what I, I just see in there is Christ made himself nothing. He in his nature mm. is a bond servant to mm. his that's his nature yeah. to his father. And he humbled himself. Yes. And he did all of that for the Father. That's so true. everything about Christ and who he is—it's his nature. Everything about what he did when he came mm. was for the glory of his Father, mm, and and seeing that in creation, in the moon and the sun. Yeah, and uh, I he just
1: serves to reflect. Yeah. The father, exactly in every way, isn't he? And
2: that's all he does. Yeah, that's all he. Knows. When you look at the moon, that's all the moon does is exactly. it just sits there, and it just reflects the sun. Yeah. You know, he, he just sits there and reflects the father, mm. and um, such humility. Mm. I just mm. see in, in that beautiful picture that the Lord's given us there as well. Yeah, and you know he's called the faithful witness. Mm. That's one of his names in Revelation one verse five. Yeah. It says, "And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of earth. So he's the faithful witness and what is the moon?
1: It's a witness of the sun. Yes.
2: (laughs) Isn't that gorgeous? (laughs) It is. I'm loving seeing Christ in the scriptures in ways that I haven't seen before Mm. and I found this very exciting just to see him In this way. So Psalm eighty-nine one to six. So I want you to imagine that this is Jesus speaking about his Father. Okay. Okay. And keep in your mind the moon and the sun relationship as well. Okay. So Psalm eighty-nine one to six. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever with my mouth. I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings. And then Psalm 89, verse 37. I will not lie to David that his line will continue forever and his throne endure before me like the sun. It will be established forever like the moon, the faithful witness in the sky.
1: Wow, that's unreal. Isn't that beautiful? Lord, you are a faithful witness.
2: And who is he a faithful witness to, to his father, right? Yeah. So, why did he come? He came to save the lost, what was lost. He came to restore all things to God. He came to reveal his father. Yes. Um, and he came because God so loved the world. So, everything he came to do and everything he did could be summed up in to do the will of his father. Yeah. His servantness is the absolute essence of who he is. Mm. It's the essence of who he is. And I've yeah. never discovered that. He's an amazing servant. And yet, he's not a servant of God like the angels are. He's the son of God. He's the heir of all things. He's the glory of God. He's the beloved of God. He's the one who is exalted by God. He's the one whom God gave the name above every name. He's the one through whom everything was made that was made. He's the word of God. He's the image of the invisible God as the moon and the sun again. He's the one seated at the right hand of the Father. There's the moon and the sun again. Mm. He's the bridegroom. There's the sun. (laughs) He's the one all Scripture points to. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the firstborn from among the dead. He's the beginning and the amen. Yet he came as a humble servant.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just seeing there that, In Genesis, it says that he created the greater light for the day and the lesser light for the night. Yes. And you see where that's reflective in Philippians. Yes. Where he says he humbled himself Mm -hmm. and became a lesser light. Yes. He did not consider equality with God to be something to be grasped and held onto and be Mm -hmm. the greater light. Yeah. But he made himself a lesser light. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely.
1: And therefore, in doing that, he not only served the Father, but he served the earth. Yes. And the earth being reflective of mankind. Yes. He came and served and humbled himself to serve the Father.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Came as this humble, humble servant. Absolutely. Mm. The moon is the lesser light. The lesser light. It's a gentle, it's lowly. And he said, I am meek. Yeah. And lonely. I am gentle and lonely. Yes. That's who he is, that's his character, yeah, it's his very hard. nature. Yeah, yeah, humble in heart. That's exactly right. Mm. So then in Revelation twenty one twenty three, yeah. uh the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, wow. and the lamb is its lamp. Though so he does the bidding of the Father. Yeah. He serves up the Father. It says in Colossians that Christ is the image of the invisible god that's right so god is invisible to us yeah but christ makes him visible and that's really what he does who he is Mm. he is here to reveal the father Mm. everything he says everything he does yeah comes from the father yeah okay i just want to make this one point here found in first corinthians chapter 15 Mm -hmm. verse 24 to 28 then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God. So that's Jesus handing everything over to God, the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he, in inverted commas here, has put everything under his feet, close of inverted commas. Mm -hmm. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. Mm. There's the servant nature of God himself, that he put everything under Christ. Then it says in verse 28, when he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, Mm. so that God may be all in all. And there's... The nature of the Godhead serving one another. Yeah. All through the Spirit, of course, because the Spirit only speaks of Christ. Mm. The Spirit does the bidding of the Father, drawing people to the Father.
0: Mm.
2: They serve one another. Mm. This is the nature of the God that we know, that we love, that we serve, is the servant. And we only have that in us to serve because it's the God's nature that is in us now Mm. through Believing into Christ Jesus, yeah, yeah. the servant, yeah. Mm, that's
1: cool. <laughs> when you see that, the reflection of the Godhead, the nature of Christ and his servanthood to the Father and the, mm. the Father and the Son, you know, in that sense, serving one another and, and the expression of Christ coming to serve his Father and his interests completely, mm-hmm. you then see that wash over into the the very object of the Father's eternal purpose was to conceive something that was reflective of the nature of the Godhead, mm-hmm. father, the son and the spirit. And that is the church because mm. it's Christ in the church yes. that is being expressed now through that vessel.
0: Mm.
1: And um, how now does that nature express itself through the church? Yeah, How does that take place? You know, his nature. How is his nature worked out through the church? Mm. So what did, Paul mean when he said, being a bondservant of mm. Jesus Christ, in short, he was saying he was bound.
2: Because he was short, wasn't he?
1: <laughs> in short, <laughs> he was, actually. so, And I think he wore shorts as well.
2: So, he wore short shorts.
1: He was a short man wearing shorts. but um, So in, in shorts, what did he mean? That he was bound or constrained, like a prisoner, to serve in spirit, no longer in the flesh or according to the law. Mm. And if we read in 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says, For the love which Christ has presses on me from all sides, holding me to one end, and prohibiting me from considering any other, Mm. wrapping itself around me in tenderness, giving me an impelling motive, having brought me to this conclusion namely that one died on behalf of all, therefore all died. So up until that point, Solus, Paulus served by means of the flesh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in Philippians 3, 4, that's basically his account of mm-hmm. that service to the law, you know, impeccable mm-hmm. service to yeah, the law. Sure. There's this where we read in Romans, it says, but now we have been released from the law, but we died to it and are no longer mm-hmm. captive to its power. Mm-hmm. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit.
2: Wow. So wow. that
1: that's Paul's statement there when he says, I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Well, who was Jesus Christ to Paul once Jesus had risen? He'd become the eternal Christ.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He'd become the Christ of glory. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was a life-giving spirit that filled all things, it says in the scripture. So Paul wasn't serving someone in the flesh. Gotcha. He wasn't serving Um, the law. He wasn't serving Christ in the flesh. He was serving the eternal Christ and it was now in the spirit Mm. and the spirit had now come and was indwelling. Wow. So he was no longer serving an external fleshly law or written code. Uh, mm-hmm. He was serving an indwelling an internal Christ mm-hmm. who was now living in him, and this is the the nature of the Christ now being expressed through him and the church at large. And in verse three of Philippians, says, "For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort." Mm-hmm. and when you look at Acts 13, it gives us an insight into the true nature of our serving God where it says in Acts 13 verse 2, this is talking about the church in Antioch mm-hmm. and there were a certain number of yep. prophets and teachers. And it says, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, mm. the Holy Spirit said. The word there, ministering, means in the original language is liturgio. And we get the word liturgy from it. Right. So the current religious format of how we do things, mm-hmm. but it actually in the original language means to be a public servant.
2: Right. That oh. is to
1: perform religious or charitable functions, such as worship, obey, oh. relieve, or minister. Wow. So they were literally as servants, they were performing acts of love mm. towards God Himself. <laughs> In worship, through worship, through obeying, Mm. through relieving him and ministering to him. So they were loving God. Their act of service was their love towards God. They were reflecting back, just like you were saying in the very beginning... Mm. How the moon reflected the Father, reflected his glory. The church here in this setting is reflecting back the love that they had received that had been shed abroad in their heart. Mm. They were now loving back, reflecting back that love through this worship, through this obedience, Mm. through this relieving God's heart mm. to experience mm. the love of ones that had been made in his image mm. and uh, and to minister to him in that way. Oh. And in Proverbs 8 8:17 uh, says, "I love those who love me yes. and those who diligently seek me will find me mm. And I think that's just you know coming back to the fact that God created all things out of love, And because that love has been shed abroad in our hearts now, we're actually loving him back. Amen. You know, we love because he first loved us. It also says, we hear of your love and of your faith, which you have towards the Lord Mm -hmm. Jesus Mm -hmm. and toward all the saints. In Philemon, it actually reveals a principle of the first place of Christ in all things Mm -hmm. because it actually says, I hear of your love and of your faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus Mm -hmm. and towards Mm -hmm. all the saints. Mm -hmm. so you see there's still that place of service towards him first loving him first and paul says in romans uh, chapter one he says for god whom i serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son is my witness as to how unceasingly i make mention of you that part where he says for god whom i serve in my spirit The word serve, he uses there in the original language. It's talking about a hired menial servant. The God I serve as a hired menial servant. And it means to minister, to render religious homage, Mm -hmm. to serve, do the service of worship, Mm. to love God that way. Once again, it's about the reflection of the heart of that person back to God. Mm. So it comes out of an expression of the nature of the servant. Which so. you were speaking of. It's Christ in us, being expressed back to God. Yes. And Paul basically saying that, you know, this God whom I serve in my spirit, there's something there that's hidden. Yeah. And that can't be seen.
2: Well that was part one of our series on the servant, and tune in next time for our part two. See ya. Bye. See ya. So don't
0: forget to keep the faith and now like coming home and you're the one I've always known to bring me back where I belong this feels like coming